Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. It's number 36. I hope your quarantine is going well. I hope your family is safe. Uh, I hope you're getting some stuff done. I hope you're making some positive life life changes. And I hope all is good. I know all the musicians, myself included, are uh, really wanting to get back out and perform real soon. But that's not going to happen, so... So I hope everybody's making the best of it. I've been doing lots of home recording. I've been doing work on the podcast, moving to a every week release instead of every other week, doing some producing. I made a church package this week, a, a prayer package for a, um, that has a bunch of different original songs in it that can be used for live streams at churches. That was a, uh, that was a fun project, and getting that out and distributed a little bit. Um, yeah, but the things you wouldn't think uh, you'd be doing to to make money, but, but there it is. Anyway, my guest today is Float Like a Buffalo. They're a funk rock outfit out of Denver, Colorado, right here. Um, they've, they put out their first full length in early 2019 and have done a whole lot since then. They're one of those bands that even if you haven't heard them, you've heard of them, they're just kind of out there a lot. It's a seven-piece band. They have horns. They have the whole thing, auxiliary percussion. And they've played uh, some pretty incredible stages locally, including Red Rocks, Levitt Pavilion, the Bluebird Theater, the Gothic Theater, Marquee Theater, the Black Sheep. They've done, a, they've done them all. They were also crowned Best Funk Band in Denver Westward's 2019 Music Awards. This is the most people I've ever had on the podcast. For my people listening on YouTube, yes, there will be video, just not here in the monologue. As soon as the interview starts in a few minutes, there will be video so you can see everybody. For people listening on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or wherever you're listening, this is an episode where I'd highly suggest watching it on YouTube. Of course, if you're driving and you can't do that, that's fine. But I'm interviewing five different people at once, and it's nice in that sort of a setting to be able to place the face, so to speak, and, and see who's talking. Now, I have them all introduce themselves at the beginning, and so you can kind of tell their voices apart a little bit, and I do my best to ask questions to certain individuals, but it just didn't always work out that way, right? Somebody jumps in, or I have a question, and I don't know who's best suited to answer it, so I let them decide that for themselves. Um, so anyway, if you have the ability to watch it on YouTube, this is a good YouTube episode. This is our third filmed episode. We're using a Zoom screen record, and it's been working out well. This episode is also a part two of sorts to last week's conversation with Alyssa Montano and Sarah Schul. Alyssa and Sarah are both the brains and brawn behind Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival, which started as an outlet for musicians and fans alike stuck in quarantine. Uh, Alyssa is dating Luke Story, the sax player in Float Like a Buffalo, who is not present for this interview. And he also just had a 30th birthday, so happy birthday, Luke. Sarah is the band manager and is dating Corey Pierman. He is present in this interview and is also rocking a commendable Corin stash. As always, if you enjoy the episode, please rate and review. The best things you can do our five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Music, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash A-S-Y-D-O-W-1-9. 
and the links are also in the show notes. I don't have the entire band with me. It's a huge band, but Phil is present. Jason, Garrett, James, and Phil, they're going to tell you more about themselves in the episode. What else? They are premiering their Red Rock set at the Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival this Friday, which would be, I believe, May 1st, if you're listening to this right when it comes out. They're showing their set uh, during the Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival, I believe 3.30 to 4.05, but don't quote me on that. If you go to Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival's Facebook or Instagram, you can find all of that info there. They also have a new single coming out that they recorded in quarantine titled Sunday Afternoon. And we're going to be premiering that track at the end of this episode, a world premiere of Sunday Afternoon, so stay tuned for that. I also want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or restoration needs, you can go to www.pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music is our newest sponsor, and they provide simple and affordable music licensing for sync. So if you have a wedding and you need a certain style of music, say an Irish jig, you can go to narratorrf.com and type in Irish music, and something will come up, and you can buy a simple, affordable license, and then you can have rights to use that song for whatever you wish. Okay. Enough of that. Let's jump into it. Here's my interview with some of the members of Float Like a Buffalo. Okay, there goes that. And there goes that. What's happening, select members of Float Like a Buffalo? How you guys doing? Good. <laughs> We're trying this uh, Zoom thing out for only the third episode, and uh, this is this is a whole lot of squares on the screen, so it should be fun. Um, so starting off, um, I'll have already I've already introduced you guys in the monologue um, a little bit, but let's just go around so everybody can place the face, give your name, and uh, and your role in the band. And uh, we'll start uh, in my top left with Phil. What's up? I'm Phil. I play drums in the band. Phil Pleckham. And Corey. <laughs> hey, I'm Corey Pierman. I am a rhythm guitar and lead singer. Boom. Let's hit uh, Jason and Garrett over there. You first. I'm Jason Quinkies. I play bass. I'm Garrett Acton. I play auxiliary percussion. I'm the butter on the sauce. <laughs> on the sauce I like that that makes like no that. sense <laughs> and uh in James I'm James I play uh, lead guitar all right cool and you guys have been a band what for about four years or so is that right four or five uh, uh technically Garrett and I started it about six years ago um Jason's been with us about four or five years now about five, about five for me. and uh James has been with us for about Three months. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. But it literally feels like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and there's what seven of you total? Yep. yep. Wow. Uh, and multiple instruments. And you guys are like a, a funk rock outfit. Um, talk about uh, 
talk about how you guys got started. Whoever's been here the longest, tell talk about how the band got formed. And uh, go ahead, baby G. All right. So basically, started. Um, there was a couple of us in a band beforehand. It's me, Jason, and Evan. We were in a band called Shredding Heights. And it kind of fell apart. And then I got a. I was working at a place called the Tavern. Corey was a bartender there, and he wanted someone to jam with so I was that guy so we were a little two-piece band called the shower curtains we decided we could probably do something a little more so we did and half those members kind of quit or fizzled out and then I told them uh, I have two people that could play and they're a package deal so Evan happened first then Jason and then we kind of started frolicking around from after that met Phil off of uh Craigslist and that's not dangerous it worked out (laughs) it was the least dangerous most welcoming thing we've ever witnessed if you ever want to meet a best friend go on Craigslist (laughs) (laughs) and so it kind of happened from there and after that like you kind of just figure out where you're at you dip your toes in the water you see what's working what's not sometimes feelings might be hurt but sometimes they're not like it's just kind of like where you want to go as a unit and that's kind of what happened and there it started from nothing and it kind of went from there so when you say that you know see if th- what works and what doesn't are you saying that you've uh, kicked a few members out along the way as well <laughs> yes unfortunately that is true we've had to and it's always the most awkward thing but it's I don't know, it just kind of happens in the way that it does. Like, you kind of got to do what you got to do because being in a band is like a it's a unit. You flow as a team, and, like, you want to have that moment where you continue flowing. Got to maintain the chemistry flowing yeah, in the right direction. At that point in time, that chemistry wasn't there, so we did have to kick some people out, and then we had to bring some people in so we could rebuild. It's like a – move people out then rebuilding process which made us in my opinion stronger absolutely and uh cory since you have the thickest mustache i trust you the most uh, (laughs) yeah yes in in a big band with as many people as you guys have there's bound to be some conflict is is there some conflict in the band is there is there certain members that that really go at it or tell me the dirt uh, well, I, once a week, Jason and I have to put on bikinis and get in a jello pit and wrestle. Just to get <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. I, I mean, we've all, all seven of us probably butted heads one time or another. But it's never been anything like serious where it's come, it's gotten physical. I mean, we've had our arguments. I don't think, I guess if I had to say more than anybody, it's probably Jason and I. I guess we kind of. <laughs> butt heads a little bit more than anybody else does but it's because we're both passionate about it and that's why in a brotherly way yeah we don't hold grudges none of us do like we all realize how passionate and how into this we are and to get seven people to agree on one thing is pretty much near impossible so there's gonna be some times where there's disagreements or there's you know, even arguments, but it's never gotten physical before. We all love each other like brothers, and, you know, it, it's like we're seven brothers. Uh, you know, we have our arguments on that, and that's it. We just move on to it and, and hug it out, and we're good. I love it. I love it. 
Um, so I want to talk about some of the shows you guys have done locally. You've done a lot of different things. You've gotten to play at Levitt Pavilion. You've gotten to do a, a Red Rock set. You've done the Bluebird and the Gothic and a bunch of stuff. Uh, James, I'm going to go down to you for this one. What's been some of the coolest shows you guys have done? Uh, James, hey, uh, what are the shows you guys have done locally? Well, unfortunately, I wasn't be able to. I wasn't able to be a part of the Red Rocks or the Bluebird or anything like that. But um, we did some really awesome shows in like Cortez and Del Norte um, and the Alley here in Littleton, but um, and Colorado Springs, as a matter of fact, and, uh, Black Sheep. Black Sheep. Great. All really good turnouts. So um, some of the other guys. I did the bigger shows, so they probably have more input than I do. <laughs> who's Phil. done the Who's done the bigger shows? Michael. Well, James just started with us uh, three months ago, and right, right. Uh, month a half a month and a half of that we've been in quarantine, so he really only got to do what was it five or six shows with us. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I mean, we've we've gotten to the point now where we've really started moving through all of the really big. Uh, like all the really big venues in Colorado, we're really lucky to be able to do that. You know, Red Rocks was a really big thing, and then selling out the Bluebird was like a really fun thing too, just because like we've all been there so many hundred thousand times. And uh, me and Garrett actually like uh, work right next to the Bluebird, so that was kind of cool to finally have our own night there instead of just watching uh, everything else happen. You know, the Gothic has been really awesome for us too. That's you know. I mean, every time that we've played there has just been amazing. And actually, funny story, too. Um, the first time that we got to play at the Gothic uh, was, uh, like, one of the opening sets was when we were an opening, opening set, and that was for James's other band uh, that he was uh, playing with. And uh, now he's playing with us, so it kind of all came back around in a big circle. circle. That's great. That's great. Um where did the name come from? Is it is it float like a buffalo, sting like a bee, and you messed up the animal? How did this uh, come from? Sting like a more aggressive buffalo. No, it came about, I think uh, Garrett and I were the only two that were in the band at the time. We were kind of sitting around my apartment trying to think of names. And uh, I'm a big Jack White fan, so I, I was like, I got it. I know it. It's, it's float like a buffalo. And, and he said, yeah, really good. And I went to find the song, and I couldn't find the song. And it turns out it's a dead weather song called Cut Like a Buffalo. But Cut Like a Buffalo didn't really work as a band name, so we decided to stick with Float Like a Buffalo. And it, we weren't sure about it at first. We were like, this is going to be dumb. This is going to be stupid. Nobody's going to like it. But uh, it turns out people really dig the name, and it's unique. And, and we didn't have to fight anyone for it so it just kind of was easy well we also thought about the acronym <laughs> we were we did yeah. flab flab right but well, you know what it's one of those names where i feel like even people that haven't heard of you guys when when the name is mentioned they're like yeah yeah i think i know that band you know it seems like one of those uh one of those familiar names that no one has i think you guys uh, i think you guys did a really good job on that um, it definitely sticks in the memory thank yeah. you I guess unique is a nice way of saying it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, a really nice way. I like, I like it. <laughs> it is unique. There's not really anything else out there like it. I mean, well, like a butterfly sting like a bee, but that's Muhammad Ali, so nothing to do with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't that fight was, that uh, good. <laughs> So you guys, uh, you guys just had a tour, or were supposed to have a tour, and I think you even got a couple days in, 
and uh, and had to go home. Any any of you can can answer this, but what was that like? Planning a whole tour, spending a lot of time on it, uh, and then getting out on the road and being told, "Hey, it's it's all over. You got to turn around and go back." Go ahead, Phil. Hmm? <laughs> I mean, it was crushing. You know, uh, we kind of uh, we kind of heard a lot of things about coronavirus. You know, kind of the week heading up to tour, and there really wasn't that much going on. And then. Uh, like like you said, about three days in, uh, or I think it was two days in, South by Southwest canceled, and uh, we were supposed to be not at the official South by Southwest, but um, around with all the other sideshows and everything. And um, once that canceled, it kind of seemed like everything else kind of just fell like dominoes after that. We woke up on the third day, kind of decided if we were going to keep on going because we were looking at the news and everything that was canceling. And, on the morning of the, the third morning, we had all decided that we were just, we were going to go. We were going to keep on going until somebody told us that we couldn't do it anymore. It, and then, it was um, a pleasant conversation. What's that? Because like some of us wanted to continue and some of us didn't. But yeah. we all came to an agreement afterwards that it really wouldn't work out. Like some of us mm. were going to go about it and some of us were like, shoot, we can't continue doing this because who could we affect by it? It was like a yeah. weird conundrum because we all know that we were all gung-ho about it, but some of us were a little more gung-ho about it than the others, but we all had to like kind of connect and like decide to do something that would be better for everyone else around us. Not mm -hmm. us well, it all, it all kind of came about that third morning we woke up and we decided we were going to head down to Texas for the rest of our shows and we went into the grocery store down there in uh, Del Norte, Colorado and got all of our supplies for the next, you know, few days that'll last us. The time we were done grocery shopping, it had changed from we're going to Texas to we're going home. So it was about an hour that it, everything changed. We had about five shows cancel in about uh, six or seven hours or something like that from the beginning of the day until <laughs> when we decided that we were going to go home. So, well, I, I know there was this weird period of – three or four days where everyone went from, ah, this, this shit's not a big deal. We're going to power through it to, oh, oops, it is. I mean, and I think like a lot of people did that right at the same time. And yeah. I know a lot of musicians we were, were totally, still. We were totally on that train of thought. You know, we yeah. were like, we were trying to just be as uh, persistent as we could. You know, we didn't, we were going to do anything we could to not call it. And it took, it really took a full week of shows canceling right in our face for us to even think about it and get on the wagon to saying, all right, we got to go home, you know. And so it was, we were totally like, you know, it was balls to the wall. We were ready to go. And, you know, you can't control something like five shows cancel in three hour period. And at that point, financially, and <laughs> we had to cut our losses <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, my band was supposed to be in Canada from April, no, March 28th through April 18th or something. And of course, that whole run got canceled. Um, and hopefully we'll make them up in October. But uh, so what markets were you guys going to hit? And how many of those markets had you guys hit before? Was this the first time for most of them? First time for uh, pretty much everywhere we were playing. Um, First time in cities, we were going to go down, yeah, down through Cortez and Del Norte, Colorado, Albuquerque, 
Uh, we were doing, uh, you know, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, uh, over to New Orleans, to Pensacola, to Atlanta, Nashville, uh, and then back to like St. Louis and Omaha and Lincoln. And it was going to be our first time in those places. Where were you guys playing in Lincoln? Where were we playing in Lincoln? The bar. Oh, okay. Or the basement. Mm -hmm. Or it was called uh, the the storm cellar, or was it B bar? Yeah, the storm cellar in the basement. Storm was cellar. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, we 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 kept holding out hope that those last three, you know, St. Louis, Omaha, and Lincoln would be okay because they're kind of in Middle America and not hugely heavily populated areas. But it didn't didn't happen they all canceled on us too and then right after that happened was when the stay-at-home order came through so we we decided we get one more live show in uh before it came down so we all woke up early and went over to x saloon and hung out with ken over there um and did a one last live stream and uh, that was the last time we've all seen each other Man, as as for, as for so many bands right now, but you guys have been doing the online thing, and we can we can get more into that uh, in a little bit. But I know you guys have been doing some online stuff and um, through the Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival, which was started by uh, by Sarah and Alyssa, which have a very close relationship with the band. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, they're the band moms. They're, they're the band moms. <laughs> what they do, they blow my mind every single day with their tenacity as it which like goes into like how they promote this stuff it's it's mind-blowing Sarah and Alyssa they don't quit and they just continue on doing what they do and it's eh, the tenacity I'll go back to that it's impressive well if for our listeners you can go back and listen to the last episode and, and we talk about uh, Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival for for the whole episode and there's just so many great things that they're doing for the community um and you guys came up quite a bit in the conversation too so for our listeners be sure to go back and go back and check that one out um going back to the tour a little bit when you're going into markets that you haven't been to before that can uh -oh. be kind of uh oh did you lose me no i'm here well, they might okay. Have gone okay good good oh. we're back, um, hey. we're back. <laughs> um when you guys tour into markets that you haven't been to before, that can be kind of tricky. Uh, what did you guys do marketing wise? And unfortunately you weren't able to see it through, but what did you guys do marketing wise to prepare for playing in uh, all these markets that were new for you all? I would like to say specifically, Sarah, in terms of planning the thing, um, more in terms of booking inquiries, we were talking to local bands and local people who were connected as opposed to just talking to venue owners and, and venue bookers and things like that. So we were able to kind of come to terms with some of these local bands and saying, Hey, you know, we don't have a great draw out here. We're not sure what we can do. And these guys were willing to say, Hey, well, we'll throw on a kick-ass show and throw you guys on the bill. There'll be people there. And so a lot of the shows ended up being, you know, at better venues with, with, good bands that seemed like people were going to be coming out to this thing. Obviously we never got to find out, but it, it was looking very promising from the start. And, yeah. and you guys were also taking some, uh, a couple other local acts with you on a few of these dates, correct? Yeah, we were, we had a dream feed and uh, all the McCracken for, we were supposed to have them up through Austin. We ended up having them for the first two. And then everybody had to go. Um, but yeah, the, we, we had Dream Feed and Ollie McCracken. And those guys are 
they were a lot of fun to hang out with for a couple of days. We were, we were really looking forward to spending a whole week with them. We were going to be all stuck in the same house in Austin together. And yeah. we were pretty excited to be doing that. But unfortunately we got to, got to wait. Right. Right. Absolutely. James that we miss you down there. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I had to mute my mic. The, there was just too much feedback going on there. No, that's, that's okay. Um, you joined the band most recently. Where were you before this, and, and what got you on board with these guys? Were you friends beforehand? Oh, absolutely. Um, kind of what Phil was saying beforehand, um, you know, my old band, 21 Taras, we were playing the Gothic, and we actually invited uh, Float to be the opening act, and I think that's kind of where the whole friendship kind of started. But, yeah, no, um, I was doing my thing with 21 Taras, and um, we had just played the Bluebird uh, like a week after Float did, and it was a relatively pretty successful show. Um, and we weren't really doing anything after that show. It was like um, early January, and nothing was really going on, and uh, Float needed a guitar player because uh, Evan um, unfortunately couldn't, and I jumped right on board. I, I, the one thing I really love about um, playing music is, you know, doing the, the road trips and touring and stuff. I, I find that really fascinating. I, I really love being able to wake up in a van in Walmart in Iowa. You know? <laughs> I, I just find that awesome. If you um, wake up in the Walmart, that means you had too much tequila. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, or right. just enough. <laughs> or just enough. If that's, if that's your goal. Depends on what yeah. you're trying to do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys have become a pretty well-known act locally. I would say most uh, most people in the scene know Float Like a Buffalo, um, and the fan base is getting bigger and bigger. Um what have you guys done? I mean, the touring, um, obviously, you're starting to do, but what else have you guys done to start to think globally and getting to that next level? And Phil, I'll go up to you for this one. I think, uh, I mean, now more than ever, online presence is just really all we have to go off of. So um, the uh, the first time that we got to do anything else, we uh, um, we just did, or we just decided that we were going to record another single in quarantine because we could, and we all had different mics and everything in our own setups and our own houses. So we just kind of put something together and then luckily um, our trombone and keyboard player, uh, Corey Meyer, um, mixed and mastered the entire thing. And so now that's coming out on Spotify. The video already came out for it, which is all of us on our own separate places. Um, but that'll be coming out on Spotify in a couple of weeks here. Um, and just really focusing on things that we can do that aren't live shows. I mean, there's tons of different stream uh, of like, of different pathways that you can go down, whether it's YouTube or just Spotify or um, or having Zoom meetings with fans or live streams or whatever you can do, you know, to kind of keep people coming back to you and remembering that you're still a band that wants to do things with them. Yeah, absolutely. And and so what have you guys, uh, you, you recorded a song in quarantine, which is really cool. It's nice that everybody in the band has uh, has another skill that they do really well, right? To have somebody mm -hmm. be able to mix it and master so you don't have to outsource. What has changed in quarantine over the last six weeks or however long it's been? What has changed for you guys that's going to be a permanent change when you're able to go uh, out and perform live oh, again? Corey's facial hair is definitely going to be a permanent change. <laughs> <I think>. <laughs> <laughs> Starting there. <laughs> Dude, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. I love it. Stop it. You're flirting with me. <laughs> uh, 
Jason, you had an idea. Well, you know, I was thinking of something before he said things are that will change permanently. You know, I, I hope I hope nothing changes permanently. <laughs> um, things that have changed, things that have affected us, I guess, as a band really close to home is that we are uh, we're based on live performance, you know, and and yet we take a lot of pride in our studio tracks and we take a lot of pride in the music we record and the music we write and the music we make. But our where we shine, I think the greatest is in a live performance setting. And so that's been the biggest challenge so far through this thing is that, you know, we don't have that, that same opportunity to make a personal connection face to face, you know? And so I think that's been the biggest challenge at least. Yeah. Um, Yep, absolutely. And I feel the same way. I I know there's a lot of people that don't need to play live, but uh, for me, that's everything. I need to go out and do it. Um, But I I also think there's been some good uh, in the quarantine in that I've I've been tracking at home and I've had all kinds of time to do that. And I think that's a cool thing. And I've thought, well, shit, when we're back out doing it again, I'd like to make sure to keep doing this as much as I am. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I I started writing again. Like just we were I was focused so much on writing songs for the band uh, that you know original writing style was a little bit more folk music, um, right? Little kind of you know storytelling. Um, and I kind of went back to that and uh, wrote a couple new songs. I also started my own radio show, uh, which is going to be permanent. But I'd like to keep writing, you know, stuff for float like a buffalo obviously but we have you know six other guys who also like to write songs in this band <clears throat> and you know i think i like it that way because it's more of a collective idea but you know and, and they're not the same style of songs that everybody writes beef writes totally different than i do that writes totally different than Garrett does and it all kind of we just kind of find a way to make it float like a buffalo style so and do you, do you guys uh co-write it all or do you individually bring songs to the band and arrange them together it's kind of both we kind of co-write but the way we co-write involves everyone coming in because we got james bringing some hot fire too we got i don't know we we kind of co it's it's a mix like we have an idea but our idea is open up for everyone to throw their own interpretation to the song and that's how we create songs like no one comes in with this is how the song should be it comes in as have this part and I would like you guys to create parts around it to make this part better. Right. Right. That's great that you guys can all collaborate like that and and get along and everybody can write. I think that's a that's a rare thing in a big band. <laughs> yeah. I mean sometimes heads clash though. Which, which is important, but it does happen. Sometimes we have ideas and we want something to go a certain way specifically and Sometimes it can't always do that, but we're pretty democratic when it comes to writing songs. We will try something that someone wants to do. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But right. we're going to try it, and it's important that we do so because everyone gets their point across. Sometimes we'll be like, we don't want to do that, but we'll try, and we're like, oh, actually, that worked kind of pretty well. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So, and, and along those lines, what are your guys' influences? Because uh, I imagine that's where sometimes disagreements will come with an arrangement is you guys obviously all have different influences and you all come together on a few influences. So what are some unique influences that you guys have and what are some that you all share? Funk. 
Yeah, we all we definitely all share the funk thing. Uh, we're all mm. big funk music. Um, I think where we differ though is thing styles, and I think uh, what sounds right to us. Like I grew up a big classic rock fan. Um, the Doors, Zeppelin, The Who, and then as lyrics go, like my biggest lyrical inspiration is Tom Waits. And you can't, it's hard to mix Tom Waits with The Doors, you know, but we find a way to make it work. And like Garrett's a, you know, kind of a little bit of a heavy metal fan. And, you know, uh, Jason likes uh, uh, polka music and Phil is, uh, no, <laughs> No, but we all, you know, we all have our our favorite band. Luke is a big, uh, you know, Wub Wub electronic fan, and he's pretty much the only one in the band that's a fan of that. But he brings stuff to us, and we make it work. You know, we we it, it still ends up working. So regardless of how different our inspirations are, that's one of my favorite things about this band is that we can all come together and make it our own sound with different influences. And uh, to to add to that too, sorry briefly, um, you know, bringing James into the equation too was it was a uh, it was the right move for us. We we were trying to toe that line between a lot of different genres. So when we were looking for a new guitar player in James, we weren't looking for you know a real kind of jazzy kind of soft kind of alternative player. Like we wanted a rocker. And so, like, you know, James coming from where he came from with his previous band, we knew he's a shredder. We're looking for a shredder. And so sometimes those different styles are strengths as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a rocker. 21 Taras, they rock the fuck out. Parmelli. Oh, shoot. Parmelli was sorry. Link that up. But he, uh, we, we needed a hard rocker and whatnot. And, Provided that, and it's good to have James in tow and being ready to rock. I love it. I, yeah. So, I'll oh, go ahead, James. Licks. What was, was that? that? I said I'll stab anybody with my guitar licks. So. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of acts do you play? What's your What's your weapon of choice? Uh, for the longest time, uh, I was doing PRSs, and then uh, a little later, I, I was uh, doing um, my uh, Gibson Les Paul, and then. I recently just bought a uh, Stratocaster, and what was kind of funny was um, I bought this probably a few months before Float contacted me. I'm like, well, Float is a funk band, and Stratocasters go great with funk music. Why would I so I Yeah, so I've been kind of playing with that more lately, so. That's great. The Strat, man, you can't go wrong with the Strat, right? That's classic. Oh, well, <laughs> It's it's a, it's best of both worlds. I love the strap, but I also love having that Les Paul for a beefier tone. So I yeah. feel like I'm probably gonna be bringing two guitars with me to shows now. So what are do you playing? Who? You? Me? Are you looking at me? I can't tell you. Um, you know what? I've become a, I've become a Les Paul guy very much. So, um, but I have a telly too that I Thanks. like to play, and I do a lot of lap steel. So. Oh, so that's that's fun, but uh, you know, but that you could ask me in in six months, and I might be like, yeah, Les Paul suck, you know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> might upset some people. Hey, in that kind of talk. I don't know. Yeah, no, no I, I would never say that. I would never say that. Who who would you guys? What's the dream bill? There's a lot of different influences, but you guys are definitely 
I have some roots in funk and rock and roll. If you guys could go on tour with anybody, dead or alive, who who would it be? The Wiggles. The who? Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. For me, it'd be the Motet. That would be awesome. Let's start. The dream bill would be Float Like a Buffalo, the Motet, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. You guys would headline? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Red <laughs> Chili Peppers would open. <laughs> yeah. Down to open. And yeah, would no. Flea would Flea have his shirt off for the concert? <laughs> oh, Do you play it the other way? Yeah, uh, I don't the Chili know. Peppers so. without it. No, no, Flea would be wearing a onesie. <laughs> as you normally would be wearing a <laughs> wearing a wrestling singlet. <laughs> oh my Corey god! Might be butt ass draws a lot of lyrical uh, influence from uh, from uh, Corey Pierman too. So that's a you know whole different thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if you guys ever get that bill put together, let me know. I'll uh, I'll be there. That's, that sounds that sounds rad. Yeah, so, so tell me about you're this. Still listening? Get it, can we get on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Kedis is listening, to, if Anthony Kedis is listening, you know we're putting yeah. in a good word. Yeah, hey, give, us, give us a call, Tony. Give us a call. Um, first name basis. First name basis. <laughs> So tell me about this new, the new song. Um, what's it about? How did, how did it happen? Slow tempo, mid tempo, up tempo. Uh, so uh, this is actually a song that Shredding Heights had actually worked on for a long time. Shredding Heights, excuse me, was the previous project that Garrett and I and our former guitar player Evan worked on for years and years before Float Like a Buffalo. So we've been working on this song Sunday afternoon for years and years. We've tossed it around and played it here, played it there, never threw down a recording of it or anything, and uh, brought it up in practice one day as an idea of say, you know, how can we improve this? And and it went, yeah. Came up with some different lyrics and some different themes for the chorus and stuff like that. And, um, you know, stuck with the same original feel as kind of a more of a slower mid-tempo kind of reggae, a little more feels to it than our usual high energy stuff. Corey came in with some new lyrics and stuff, but it was the brainchild of our former guitar player, Evan Crabtree. It was, it was his original idea. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Maybe you guys will let us play it, play a little clip uh, at some point on the show. That'd be cool. Most should be out soon. We got something, though. Uh, yeah, should be out within the next couple days. It actually oh. kind of worked out really well that to is add soon. to what Good. Jay said. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it worked out really well to add to what Jay said with this song specifically that we recorded it in quarantine because uh, it kind of seemed like uh, so much of our stuff is so high energy that we never really had a place to put this when we played live. It just like, it, it felt like we went too far of a dip down into the low, into like the slow energy that it was, like, it was hard to bring it back up after that. So we don't, we, we didn't really play it live very often. And uh, then we also discussed putting it on our first album too. And then we ended up going away without from that idea as well. So we never really had a place to put this one. And then all of a sudden it was like, do we want to record it? Then what would be a good song to record while we're all separated and how could we do that? And this song came up and I, it turned out really well. It was just a, kind of a happenstance of circumstance. It, it, it changed a lot Corey. too. We mm -hmm. gave kind of the bone to Corey too and Corey reiterated with some really solid lyrics that kind of make you feel in place as to where the song is. Yeah. You do some good lyrics that are relatable and it's kind of just like a song based around like you 
kind of being in a hard moment, but like on a day that you can get through, but it's just one of those songs that makes you feel good in a way, but it's okay that you don't. And Corey yeah. wrote those lyrics accordingly. At least that's how I feel about it. Thanks, Gear. It's very relatable and relatable right now too, for sure. It was also kind of a, at least for me, I mean, maybe is is it was the same for these guys, but it's kind of a different uh, recording process because you know, typically you're at a studio recording with everybody all in the same room, but that wasn't the case. It was like, hey, how's everyone's parts coming? It was it was really different. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, it, Zoom's going to kick us out in a minute, so if we if we have to if we have to send out a new link, I will. But I'll try to try to send out a last question or two here. What's next for the band? You guys put out your your debut in twenty nineteen, right? Early twenty nineteen, um, and you've been hitting it hard since then. What's next? What's in the next year and in five years for the band? Uh I wish I wish we knew. I know we're gonna. Next thing we're gonna do is uh, record another song while we're in quarantine. Uh, we're gonna do uh, a song that we did at the Gothic. Uh, I think we're gonna bring in a, a, a lyrical a, a rapper as well to do the lyrics because the cool. way we have it written is there's no lyrics. Uh, we'll do that, and uh, we're just kind of piecing together an album. We we decided we would do another album, but we're just gonna record it, you know, one song at a time, and and uh, hopefully have it ready by end of next year and uh hopefully be back at red rocks as soon as we possibly can and be back out on the road as soon as we can and um and you know until then we're just gonna keep writing and keep keep perfecting it and making everything better baby steps yep and i i think um that um we, we discovered during this little process here of doing our last little track online and things like that is that we have the ability to produce relatively high quality tracks on our own and so you know that that could result in an increase in frequency of our releasing of tracks and things like that and so i'd like i think we've all realized wow i mean we we went through this recording process it came out pretty good we might be able to do a little bit of this on our own time you know and without dishing out the money and so you know right. in, increasing release of content and of course the second we're allowed, we're trying to rock out the biggest stage we can, you know? Absolutely. What makes you guys different from all the other uh, funk rock bands out there? What makes you guys special? What's the intangible? There's too much energy on stage. <laughs> <There's> all... <laughs> it is incredibly apparent that all of us love doing this. And I think that's what people come to see when they come to see us. And I honestly think that's true. Is Sometimes you watch bands that look like they're mad to be on stage and that will never be our show yeah yeah good <clears throat> most I don't want to go to that show taking me at shows i look like <laughs> every time i laugh i smile really big my eyes go close <laughs> i just look like a weirdo in all the pictures because i'm just so happy to be there and it where all those yeah. wrinkles are coming from we all enjoy what we're doing and like we're just kind of doing it in a way that we've always wanted to do it. I know it's like kind of a beat around the bush kind of answer, but the fact of the matter is, is we kind of go up there ham like it's our last show we're going to play, and we just play it in such a way that it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. I know that probably doesn't make too much sense, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> it makes sense to you and you're having fun. That's contagious. Um, is there anything yeah, else you is there anything else you guys want to add before uh before we call it an evening? Corey, you got anything? No, just give us a like and a follow on Facebook. Check out our music if you dig it, share it, man. Oh, uh look out for Sunday afternoon on Spotify, Apple Music, all that should be coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, and then this coming Friday, we are airing our uh, set from Red Rocks last year. It will be aired on the Rocky Mountain Virtual Music Festival. Yes. Uh, 3.30, I believe. Yeah, 3.30. Nice. And our manager is a champion of the light. What's that? Our manager is a champion of the light. I will add that. I'll add that in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to get all your guys' socials links. Those are in the uh, those are in the show notes and in the YouTube description. So for people listening, you can follow them on uh, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever else they have. <laughs> you can uh, you can go give them a like and a follow and check out their music on Spotify. Um, and the the new songs coming up. Um, I've heard a range from a couple days to a couple weeks from the band, but we'll be ready for it when it happens. <laughs> yeah. We should always just say like three months so that it comes up in two weeks and people are like, whoa, <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, well, I'm going to turn off the recording real quick, but, but stay on the line with me if you don't mind. Thank you guys very much for, uh, for coming on the show. I sure appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks, thank you very much for having us. Cheers, mate. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Float Like a Buffalo, for coming on the show. What a blast. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the next few months and the next few years uh, with the group. It's a great group, great music, great guys, great gals. It's uh, it's exciting, exciting stuff, and I'm enjoying following their career to see where it takes them. All right. I made you wait till the end of the episode. You had to listen to me gab. But now we have the premiere of the brand new single from Float Like a Buffalo titled Sunday Afternoon. Here it is, folks. Email me at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about it. You can also reach me there for any uh, hate mail, death threats, questions, comments, concerns, whatever, or suggestions for future show guests. I'm all ears. All right, let's jump in. Sunday afternoon, flow like a buffalo. <laughs> 